0: all right well the man was talking about good weather returning tomorrow what a blessing I got golf scheduled bright and early and uh, it's the only day of the week so it's all in the timing Wow, fortuitous I must say you know timing is also a factor in this trade deal we were just musing aloud with the panel before uh, that this is something where you know Congress uh, may change the house anyway uh, in the midterms coming up in well four and a half weeks and uh, There are a lot of states where the representatives will maybe want to make sure that the steel and the aluminum tariffs are taken off, uh, maybe mitigate the damage insofar as consumer prices are concerned when it comes to autos and the like. But this is a whole bailiwick that's being unpacked right now with this new trade deal. And uh, on that auto front and more, Jerry Diaz is weighed in. He's a national president of Unifor, and he's joined the Oakley Show at Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Jerry, how you doing?
1: I'm doing well. How's
0: John today? John's good, too, thanks. Uh, your assessment of the deal in a nutshell, Jerry.
1: Well, there's, you know, like every trade deal, there's some good pieces and there's some bad pieces. Uh, overall, on the auto industry, which is a major concern to my members of, we hit a home run. Um, I take a look at the, the backdrop behind the renegotiation in the first place. It was really about the jobs, the manufacturing jobs, leaving Canada in the United States and heading to Mexico because of the low wages, the really non-existent labor standards, and a lot of that was fixed. So overall, I think uh, we're better off today than we were yesterday.
0: All right. Well, uh, the home run, I guess, you know, (laughs) there are still some who are suggesting that maybe we've uh, been boxed in because we're limited. I know we're 2.6 million units is a lot, considering we're already producing, I guess, 1.8 million, and they've also uh, allowed a potential increase of 40% uh, on top of that. But in the future down the road, uh, if we can look a ways, some people may be loath to invest in Canada with auto plants or the like because there's a hard cap on production.
1: No, first of all, there's not. Um, the There's two streams here. There's the NAFTA stream and there's the Commerce Department stream. So they're completely separate. So the the whole issue with the cap is, in fact, we end up with another president of the United States that decides he wants to play around with 232 tariffs. Mm-hmm history of Canada at the time of our industry booming in the 90s, the most we ever shipped to the United States was 2.2 million. Today, we're shipping 1.8 million. Now, over and above that, pickup trucks aren't going to count. So the pickup trucks that we're building in Oshawa today that we're shipping to the United States isn't a part of any uh, hard cap number. So the chances of us reopening four auto plants to pick up another 800,000 units in the next little while, I would suggest, is remote If at all, so it does. So so the argument that somehow 2.6 is a hard cap and people aren't going to invest—I don't buy that argument at all.
0: It doesn't limit our capacity for growth in any way, shape, or form.
1: Not a chance. Like I said, we can open up four more assembly plants in Canada, and probably still be under the uh, under the cap. But the cap doesn't exist. The cap only exists if some president of the United States decides he wants to jerk around uh, with auto tariffs. Then it, would be, you know, he can't even do anything until we've shipped at least two point six million. And like I said, the chances that that are remote at best.
0: What do you make of the domestic origin of auto parts? Seventy-five percent up from sixty-two point five. Easy enough to meet.
1: Yeah, it's uh, frankly they're probably already hovering close to there right now. Anyway, that's why the auto industry isn't losing their mind. Um, The previous level was 62.5%, so they were already around 70%. percent they error on the side of caution. So it shouldn't be a real difficult reach for them uh, in the short term or the long term.
0: What about future trade deals, though? There's that clause in there that says any deal we might make outside of this market of Mexico, U.S., and uh, Canada would have to be vetted by the states. They'd have to green light us or give us the okay. Doesn't that box us
1: in? Well, that certainly would box it in. I haven't seen that language, so this is, to be candid with you, is the first I've even heard about it. Um, but if, in fact, it says that we, that doesn't make any sense that somehow we would have to get permission from the United States uh, to do a trade deal with, uh, you know, with, uh, you know with, uh, with, uh, with another country around the world, That's I find it quite shocking.
0: Well, uh, it's something that I've read on more, in more than one source earlier today, and I was kind of taken aback by that as well, because uh, it seems like Trump uh, has us on a short leash.
1: Well, that doesn't make any sense to me. As a matter of fact, um, this is the first I've heard it. And I lived the last two days in Ottawa Mm. uh, while the deal was coming together, meeting with the Prime Minister's office, meeting with Christian, meeting with all of the players. This is the first time that I have even heard this.
0: All right, I'll clarify that even for my own edification here. Let me just ask you about uh, some other things that has to do with the marketing boards and, you know, the the, uh, dairy folk uh, feel they've been hard served here. Right. 3.8% 3.8% penetration from the American market. Uh, is that significant, and are they owed compensation? What do you think the figure ought to be if they are?
1: No, I think uh, I think it is significant, and there's no question in my mind uh, that the government will subsidize the dairy industry the way that the U.S. subsidizes theirs. Um, I don't think uh, they are going to allow the dairy farmers uh, to, uh, to, to, have to face any sort of a major economic harm, so... I expect to see the packages flowing fairly shortly. The number, I have no idea.
0: Yeah, uh, when Harper put together that deal with the um, European Union, they say the compensation for the dairy farmers was $4.3 billion. Correct. So, uh, you know, and that was only 3.2% penetration into our market. This is 3.8. Uh, <laughs> would the number be north of 4.3?
1: Well, you know, that, those, those negotiations are going to have to happen with the dairy farmers. I. Um, we'll see how that ends up, but there's no question that it'll be significant. But for me to try to even guess a number, John, is it just doesn't make any sense for me to even make that guess All right, well, i tra- guess it'll be significant
0: again. Jerry Diaz, national president of Unifor, on the line. We're just unpacking some of the salient points with the uh, deal cobbled together with the states in Mexico. You know, the other thing that's sticking out is the steel and aluminum tariffs are still on, and uh, right. that has impact now. We also know the midterms are coming up. You've got these yep. border states. Uh, you know, consumers are going to be hurting the state sides of, of things as well. Uh, what do you make of the timing then and how this all might play out? is Trump going to have to will he be pressured to lift the aluminum and steel tariffs?
1: I think so. I mean, uh, the the American consumers are are paying more uh, for 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 you know for produce, all kinds of things as a result of the tariffs now. The United States, there was discussions about the aluminum tariffs and steel tariffs uh, during the renegotiation of NAFTA. But the U.S. wanted to stop, slap a hard cap on aluminum. Um, and I, during that time period, I reached out to the CEO of Rio Tinto and he said, don't do it, whatever you do. He, they, they had reached out to him and he had me pushing back from my end. And at the end of the day, we just walked away from it because they figured that they, the odds are much better dealing um, with the 232 challenges uh, as a result of chapter 19 living. They think they're better off dealing with it in courts than, than accepting any sort of a hard cap. That, in that circumstance, certainly certainly, would have limited investment here in Canada.
0: Wasn't Trump just firing a shot across our bow because uh, he wanted to stop the dumping from like cheaper Chinese product?
1: Correct. With China and Korea are the real problems, it's not Canada. Um, I think now that the NAFTA deal is over, I think you're going to find that things are going to start to move. Look, all of this, in my opinion, Trump was doing all of this about straight politics. To him, it wasn't about economics. But now that things are going south for him in so many different areas, he needed a victory, he needed something, he needed to show that he had some economic creds, because his personal creds, I will argue, have really taken a beating. So the United States had a different attitude over the last week. Uh, they came looking for a deal. They moved off some of the, the, you know, they moved off of, you know, the position of eliminating Chapter 19. The whole issue around cultural exemption. Uh, they were starting to be much more uh, conducive uh, to bargaining a deal as it related to auto, as it related. So I can start to walk through the list. So they came to bargain, which is the first. And the only reason I will argue is they came to bargain is because Trump figured he needed a deal.
0: And yet the economy is booming stateside. I mean, they got 4.2% GDP growth. The uh, Dow is just south of 27,000. I mean, the economy is robust. Uh, You're saying he he was uh, facing certain political pressures. His economy is doing pretty well, isn't it?
1: No, it is doing well, but I think he needs to show that uh, as he's heading into the midterms that he can do something. He can close the deal. Um, That, in fact, he's getting pressure from all over the place from people saying, carve the deal. The problem's not Canada. The problem was Mexico. So there was a change in attitude for sure, and so we can only speculate as to why. But the U.S. economy is doing incredibly well. The Canadian economy is doing incredibly well. The auto industry is booming. Um, They've hired over 100,000 people in the United States in the auto industry just in the last few years. So starting to tamper with an industry that is so vitally important to Canada, but as well as to the United States, didn't make any sense. He had the auto workers union in the United States saying, don't do it. He had the the major um, uh, auto companies saying, don't do this. Why are you doing it? So ultimately, I think he was feeling some heat. And he realized that it may end up being a political loser for him.
0: Yeah, well, you know, a cynical uh, look at things, too, might say uh, he didn't care about giving up the dispute resolution thing and uh, conceding on that point because (laughs) when it suits his fancy, he wouldn't comply anyway. What do you say of that?
1: Uh, You know, he really doesn't care much about any sort of international law. And he's using the whole Commerce Department to 232 tariff challenges that somehow uh, Canada is, uh, you know, has some sort of a um you know we're, a, you know, we're a, frankly a penalty to the united states is just absolutely fascinating
0: finally though i'm going to look into this uh, future trade deals whether or not the states does get some kind of an override or a veto or get to vet it because he's also included in that if i understand it correctly we cannot manipulate our currency for trade advantage did you hear about that much
1: well, we've been talking about that for a long time. The, the countries that are really doing the manipulation would be the Chinas of the world, the Japans of the world. Uh, so you'll find that on the issue of currency manipulation that Canada would absolutely agree.
0: All right. Fair enough. Uh, Jerry, so you like it. Uh, you're saying it's a home run, uh-huh. certainly for no, auto? No,
1: I'm saying no, on, on the auto industry, I'm yeah. pleased. But look, I am not thrilled about the, the Drug Patent Act going from eight years to 10 years on biological drugs, that doesn't help anybody. Mm-hmm. That just helps the wealthy pharmaceutical companies. Like I said, I'm not thrilled with the, with the issue as it relates to the dairy farmers. I was hoping that that would be avoided. So there's some pieces in this that I find very distasteful.
0: Yeah, well, but overall, we, well but you can't have things. it all. Jerry, isn't you the point it. that it saved the auto, which is the bigger you plum? All right. At
1: you the look, end of the you day. You got it. Look, I am I'm, I'm pleased as it relates to some of the key industries that affect our members.
0: I got you. Appreciate your time as
1: always. Have a great day, John. And Take you, care.
0: Jerry right. Diaz, National President of Unifor. I don't have time to look it up, but could somebody help me out here? I mean, on this matter of vetoing uh, certain trade deals that are not within the common market between Mexico, the U.S., and Canada, I believe I've read that on more than one source, that this is something that uh, the United States insisted upon so that we would be, hamstrung if we thought we were going to freelance unilaterally outside of the market. And then there's the manipulation of the currency, but I guess uh, Jerry just addressed that, so we'll leave it at that. By the way, on the dairy farmers, their complaints, uh, I guess we've initially got the... uh, great reaction that they're not happy, they feel they've been sold out, and uh, Jerry just kind of reiterated that. But we're going to talk to the spokesperson with the Dairy Farmers of Canada at the bottom of the hour. I wanted to take some calls here in the moments uh, ahead of that and see if you agree that this is a good deal or not, if you've got any outstanding issues or questions that you wanted to raise, and if you can actually uh, help me (laughs) clarify this point that Jerry said he heard nothing of, and maybe I got it wrong. Maybe I just misinterpreted what the Americans have a right to uh, veto or at least vet when it comes to us cobbling deals together outside of our common market.